Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 131st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we are here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. Welcome to 2018, the year that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom will be released. I know this is going to be a very, very exciting year for everybody in the Jurassic community, full of awesome analysis, conversations, and so much more. We are getting a brand new film, tons of merchandise and new toys, books, and more, uh, that Claire prequel novel. Jurassic World Evolution, the Jurassic Park 25th Anniversary. God, this is going to be epic. I I don't know what to do. 2018 is going to be insane. So we're here to guide you through the jungle as we get closer to the release of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in June. And we've got a ton of stuff in store for you this year here on the podcast. It's going to be really fast-paced, so try to keep up. Now, in this episode, we actually have a few things to cover in the news, and then we're going to jump into our monthly Jurassic Mailbag with none other than Jennifer Tarek. Of course, we've got a ton of questions from fellow listeners, and like usual, we kind of make it up as we go along. But I will say that I think this is probably our most normal episode yet. And after that, to round out the show, in the audio lab we'll hear from Fallen Kingdom producer Colin Javaro on some of the themes from the upcoming film, plans for the trilogy, and how the film compares to The Lost World. It's a great bit of audio, so stay tuned for that. Alright, but we're going to kick off 2018 with, yet again... Another pretty long episode, so why don't we get this one started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head been right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Well, I'm not sure how we made it into January without mentioning this in the news segment. Uh, I guess it's because December was just a big month and we missed a few things here to announce. But uh, as you probably already heard, Claire Deering will be getting her own prequel novel. Now, there is a ton of books to discuss. We've mentioned some of them here previously, but here's a few details on that Claire book. All right, so this one is listed on the Random House website as the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom hardcover young adult novel. It's listed as coming out May 8th, 2018, 304 pages, young adult book. Um, And I'm going to read a little bit of the synopsis here. Discover the beginnings of one of Jurassic World's most beloved characters, Claire Deering, in this original action-packed young adult novel. During the events of Jurassic World, Claire Deering faced the savage fury of dinosaurs unleashed. 
but it wasn't the first time. In this entirely new coming-of-age story, Claire lands an elite internship working for Simon Mizrani and soon discovers his plans to build an all-new theme park, Jurassic World. Along the way, Claire establishes valuable relationships with both her peers and the prehistoric creatures she studies. But when the situation turns dangerous, she begins to see the dinosaurs in a different light. Fans of Jurassic World will delight in filling the gaps of Claire's past, all while gaining insights into the experiences that transformed her into the strong woman we know today. So there's the synopsis there for that story. Um, it's really interesting to find out, and I am so pumped that we are actually getting a little bit of backstory on the maybe possibly the building of this new theme park and how they you know brought it to life and obviously there was a bit of struggles with this theme park it looks like something uh was unleashed and it wasn't the first time they mentioned there so that's really really interesting and i hope it doesn't stray too much from the character that we got to know in jurassic world her being somewhat um you know very strict and a very good businesswoman and didn't seem too connected with the dinosaurs so i hope this doesn't transform that in any way because we saw that growth in Jurassic World which was perfect I thought so this will be interesting I hope it adds a ton of great backstory to her and to the park in general but moving on here I did want to mention a few of the other books on that website as well it looks like uh, we have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom deluxe junior novelization this is June 26 2018 it comes in at 144 pages for ages 6 to 9 I'm sure a lot more of us will be reading this. Uh, it, there, it looks like there will be a deluxe and a, I guess a standard version. This is essentially hardcover versus paperback. Uh, the synopsis for this is... Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the deluxe junior novelization, is a hardcover edition that retells the exciting adventure and features eight pages of full-color scenes from the movie and a pull-out poster. So, I mean, like I said, I feel like a lot of us might be picking that one up as well. Moving on to the next one, we actually have this. It's a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom CNA poster book coming out May 8th, 2018, 48 pages, ages three to seven. Now, this is uh, a full-color book. I guess it includes posters from the movie uh, that seem to be ready to pull out and hang up. Next one is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Deluxe Picture Back, I think. Uh, May 8th, 2018, again. This one's 24 pages, ages three to seven, again. Uh, and the synopsis here is... Boys and girls ages three to seven will dig into this full-color storybook featuring the incredible dinosaurs from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. This book also includes dinosaur cards and more than 30 stickers. All right, so cool. I love the fact that we're getting kids stuff as well. It's not always just adults uh, that are looking for stuff. Next up here we have... Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Dinosaur Survival Guide, also May 8th, 2018. Comes in at 80 pages, a little bit older here, ages six to nine. Uh, the synopsis here is... This indispensable full-color survival guide features all the facts about the Jurassic World dinosaurs that you need to know to survive on the island, as well as the top secret history of how it all began. Oh, so that might be pretty interesting. I'm kind of interested to see what is that top, uh, top secret history about how this all began. That'll be interesting to read. Next up, we have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Deluxe Step Into Reading. Uh, this one is, again, May 8th, 2018. 
comes in at 32 pages for ages five to eight years old. So this one just seems to be a way for ages five to eight to learn about uh, the dinosaurs in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and a bit of stickers to add for fun. Uh, but that seems to be it as far as uh, Random House shows on their website currently. There's a lot of new stuff I didn't realize there, so that's awesome to find out. Uh, most of all, I'm just excited about that Claire novel. It's going to be super awesome. We're definitely going to have a bunch of episodes at least covering that, uh, so stay tuned for those. In the meantime, we'll have all the details on our website with a post about these books and more, so stay tuned for that and also check it out in our show notes. <laughs> Next up, Empire Magazine revealed a great new image of the Carnotaurus from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom as it stares into the gyrosphere that holds Bryce Dallas Howard's Claire and Justice Smith's character. At first glance, it's obviously very reminiscent of the T-Rex staring into the Ford Explorer, or if you want to choose the Lost World, you got the RV scene. There is an incredible amount of detail on the Carno, so really anybody that says the CG from Jurassic Park is better can... Well, I guess you know where to go. Just go there. Uh, also revealed on their website is a quote from director J.A. Bayona about what we can expect from the film. He said, Fallen Kingdom starts with a massive action set piece that feels like a James Bond prologue. And in the center, there is the biggest set piece ever done for a Jurassic movie. So yeah, there it is right there. It sounds super awesome to hear and uh, really sounds unlike anything that we've seen before in the Jurassic franchise yet. I am so pumped to see how a uh, James Bond type sequence fits into this franchise. It's something new and uh, I don't know how that's gonna work. You know, stuff like Indiana Jones or James Bond have these opening sequences that are kind of like in the middle of the action. You're not necessarily sure how it was set up. You just find out like they just throw you into it and it, res it is resolved quickly, usually in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Then they move on to a little bit uh, smaller stuff. But then we also have the, the biggest set piece ever for a Jurassic movie in the middle of the movie, um, which... I'm assuming he is referring to the volcano bit, uh, but you know what? This is this is crazy. Every bit of news and information about this movie gets me more and more hyped for June, which I guarantee you the time is going to drag slower and slower as we reach June. And I'm kind of at the point where I, I almost feel too hyped, kind of want to temper my, my expectations for a minute. I don't want to overdo it. So let me just uh, sit here and calm down for just a second. All right, all right, that's good. Anyway, if you're interested in seeing that Carno image, head to our show notes for that image and also the link to Empire's article. This January 2nd marks the seventh anniversary of Pete Postlethwaite's death. You know him as Roland Tembo from The Lost World. He was an incredible actor in and out of the Jurassic series. So let's take a moment to remember him this week. Oh, there it is. There it is. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? It's that time again, folks, and it's the Jurassic Mailbag for January 2018. And I am joined by Jennifer Tarek, and we have a ton 
of stuff to go through and a stuff a lot of stuff to catch up on. December was an insane month uh, for Jurassic fans, so we got a lot to catch up on. Me and Jen, we we've tried to like stay away from each other and not comment on each other's stuff, so we we don't really know each other's opinions and what to think about the trailer and all this stuff that's been released. So I'm really interested to find out what she thinks about that stuff and all these questions that we have lined up. I'm sure a lot of them uh, will pertain to the the trailer and whatnot. So. Before we dive into them, let's say hello to Jen. How you doing? Hi. So, how have you been the last six months since the last time I talked to I, you? It's been very long, hasn't it? Last, the last mailbag we did was what? Oh, man. When was that? December? <laughs> I can't even. I mean, okay. September to now felt like out mailbag every a day or so like those were coming so quickly you were messaging me oh when are we gonna do the next one it was the end of the month already like all a whole of fall was so fast and now this mailbag which we've been ready for and anticipating it took like a year to get here i know it's still, like it's been it's just december what, 29th right now we're doing this just december now and i i can't even function like that's ridiculous i feel like we've been waiting forever because it's just so exciting yeah, the most you know, exciting time. like I said, so much stuff happened in in the beginning of December until now that like it does feel like it's been six months. It's been out of control, like because it, it started right at the beginning of the month and just like hadn't stopped for like a, a week or a few weeks there. And now we're kind of at a lull because of the holidays and everything. So we kind of have some time to catch up. But there's always stuff popping up. Even even just the other day, we get more stuff popping up. So it's uh it seems to be pretty constant at this point but uh i'm excited I mean, we, we have a lot to dive into i i feel like a different person since the last yeah. time i talked to you i feel transformed i i feel like something happened <laughs> spiritually and mentally i went through an experience i think so all on the other side <laughs> i think we all did yeah we all kind of like ascended and we're like you know in a different place now it's a good place so i like this place yeah, before we get into it with the, the voicemails and the emails, what were your thoughts on the trailer? Because I really don't know. I haven't really talked to you about it. I know. I actually want to ask you that same question because I don't know if you liked it, hated it, or were indifferent. I, but but my, my opinion, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I loved the trailer. I loved <laughs> the behind the scenes. That was the best. That behind the scenes thing. I was at work when that came out. And of course, everything happens when i'm at work and i mean we podcast work it's just what happens and i was at work and i was with a co-worker and when that popped up he can attest that i like screamed like <laughs> i was yelling i was i was vocally yelling at work and and he he was like who died and i'm like no you don't understand and i was like skipping a little bit just to look around and uh that was a that was a moment i will never forget because that we had nothing at that point and all of a sudden everything basically yeah there it was. that was insanity um so that was i love that that behind the scenes was fantastic um the trailer i was in disney world when the trailer came out and i actually was about an hour late watching it because i was at, doing disney world things but yeah. um it was great but that behind the scenes thing was really epic really really epic i love that I, I still randomly watch that there's that music oh my gosh okay can we talk about the music at the end of the behind the scenes that music 
That's what? epic. Why wasn't that in the trailer? What like, music? music should have. <laughs> I I haven't watched it in like a a few weeks, so I'm like lost. What 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 was it? What did it sound like? What was it? Oh, it was that epic. The the, the theme, the, the Jurassic theme, but it was epic and slow and loud and just epic. It was at the very end of the hunting scenes when the they're just showing the clips real quick. Um, that uh-huh. should have been in the trailer because the trailer music I think was similar, but not as grand, I guess. Um, but yeah, the music in the behind the scenes, I just randomly go to and click once in a while, and I want to make that my ringtone or something. It was so good. All right, let me see. If, let me see if I can, uh, yeah. pull this up here. I don't know if this is the right video. Hopefully it is. Like, right when the volcano is exploding and the music is, like, grand and wonderful. Yeah, man, it's Jurassic. This music... No, you went too far back. <laughs> too far. Oh, uh, maybe not that. Maybe not that far. Okay, wait, here, here's the volcano. You said the volcano, right? Yeah, like when it's exploding. Let me see. This music. And what people would be surprised by? Run! Run! Yeah. Oh. different it's going to be intense and pretty spectacular it's really good that was my best acting it's like nothing you've ever seen before yeah man it's jurassic yeah we heard that part um yes that that right (laughs) there i'm like melted on the floor oh my goodness epic I usually don't get too like thrilled about uh, trailer music or anything because it's not like it's not final. It's it's just kind of like you know some dude with a keyboard made it. You know, I, I mean, I'm understating it of, of course, but that's essentially what it is. It's not like Michael Giacchino or anything or, or, or John Williams or anything. But it uh, and it sounds so synthy to me. So like that, uh, like my ear picks up on how like synthy it sounds. It sounds like somebody's just at their you know piano making that. Um, so I, I mean, it sounded awesome. Don't get me wrong. That was awesome. But I, I try not to, I like try to temper my expectations because I probably won't be in the movie in that sense. But it was I awesome. <laughs> feel that music like in my soul, like that was, that's so good it was in the trailer. Cause that's not, it's, it's very less than that in the trailer. And actually watching the behind the scenes first and then going to the trailer second, I was waiting for that music and I was hoping cause it just, it gets you. I, I don't know. It gets me. I don't know if any listeners feel this way, but that music <laughs> like really gets me pumped for it. Like really, yeah. really much, really so much. And the trailer didn't have that music. And I feel that that would make a difference. But yeah. regardless, I think you're right. Yeah, I love I think them you're both. Right. I love them both. Yeah, I was. I was. Oh, kind I of can still off. hear it. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm. I'm like not even going to be functioning. The rest no. Of already. Gone. I was kind of thrown off by the fact that the um, the behind the scenes was before the trailer too. Like I just thought that was a weird move, but uh, I loved both of those things. I thought they were both amazing. Uh, of course, I mean I didn't expect you to think any differently or me to think any differently. Like we loved them both, so um, that's obvious. But it, yeah, they were both awesome, and yeah, just I thought the whole marketing campaign was a little strange. Just the fact that like they went all out, like I've never seen before, and. I was just like, whoa, this is weird. Like, I don't expect them from this. Or wait, expect them. Expect this from them. Wow. 
yeah, that's me. You know, that's how I talk. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I didn't expect that, but it was great and it was awesome. And I I feel like scared that we're not going to get a, lo- a lot of stuff, I guess, in between this, this like next six months. But who knows? We'll see. And I hope we don't get too much. Maybe there's there's either we're not going to get enough of anything or we're going to get way too much. So I'm kind of on the fence right now. So we'll see, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess the arguments now a lot of people are making is, oh, they showed too much in the trailer. But I think they, they showed a sequence, like one, literally one sequence, that's it, really, of the whole movie. And it was just like a minuscule thing. They just showed that because it, that's not what the movie's about. And it's yeah. not going to be what the movie's about. So yeah. I don't I don't get that whole explosion of anger well, there. But I guess when you show man. one sequence, people don't have anything to base it around. So they're just assuming like this is the big sequence that we're all going to see in the movie at the end of the movie. This is the big one. Why did they show us? So I understand that. And I, I think it is kind of confusing. Like I love the trailer, but I think it is sort of confusing from a standpoint of like how the movie operates. I understand that they want to keep a lot of it under wraps. But again, they showed so much of that stuff in the behind the scenes. So it's weird that they included it there, but not here. Um, but um, I, yeah, I thought that was strange. And what else was I going to say? I don't know. But Well, I guess my two thoughts are what I've been telling people is that um, this, I believe this trailer, this franchise, this whole thing is really, really done for the fans. It's not really to pick up new people per se. I mean, of course they want as many people to see it as possible, but it's really paying respect to the history of the franchise and the people who follow it. And so they kind of know that we're going to see the behind the scenes and just general people are going to see the the trailer, which is going to be explosions and whatever. And they'll be like, yeah, explosions. But they know that the fans are going to watch the behind the scenes and they're going to follow that. And they're going to put the pieces together and they kind of probably already have a general idea of what's going on anyway. So they don't need to do that as much, I guess. So, as a fan experience, it is kind of a whole, it's a full circle thing. But I guess if you're just coming in and seeing the trailer in general, yeah, I could see the misinterpretation. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't think they read it that way. I think they trust, they, they know it's just for us in a sense. I believe that. Yeah. I just hope I that they don't lose too many people on the fact that like they just gave away everything. Like, cause people will be like, uh, I just saw it all. Like, what do I need to see it anymore? Like, why, why do I even need to see that movie? They'll write it off too quickly. I hope people don't write it off yeah. based off of one trailer that only focused on one part. And Colin and uh, J.A. Bayona have been out, like, making rounds about, you know, interviews and stuff like that about the movie. And they've been saying, like, it's a small portion. It's a very small portion. And there's, like, uh, there's like an action set piece in the beginning, which is really interesting. Like, a, they, they mentioned, like, a James Bond-type sequence, which is going to be, you know, I don't know. I've, we've never really had anything like that before that I can, you know, yeah, I don't think I can think of any. If you want to consider paragliding uh, next to an island James Bond sequence, <laughs> maybe, but <laughs> not really. Um, so that's interesting. And then the fact that this is going to be a small sequence in the middle um, and then some, you know, more intimate stuff at the end which they showed parts of, but not in the trailer. So that, that'll be interesting to see the fan reaction or the general audience reaction once more stuff comes out because they're going to have to you know, state the narrative mm-hmm. of this movie a little bit farther than they already did because people, I think, like, film Twitter was slightly annoyed and disappointed with the trailer. I don't know what the general audience reaction is, just people randomly in theaters or people just watching on their computer or on the TV. I don't really know what their reactions are, but I know a lot of people on Twitter and like, you know, stuff like that 
can be very, um, I don't know, like cynical, I guess. So they don't necessarily yeah. think highly of, of the Jurassic series. So I don't, I don't want that stuff to temper everybody else's expectations. And then like word starts spreading out that, you know, oh, this is not going to be good or it's going to be dumb or it's, you know, just a big dumb action movie. Yeah. So that's my and- worry. I loved everything they did, but I do sort of worry about that, you know, way that they did it. No, I mean, that's that's valid because there's a dangerous line that they're walking there. They're, they're kind of, in a way, giving the audience too much credit. Like, they're believing they're smarter than what they are. Because a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion of, oh, it's going to be stupid because they just showed all of it. Who cares? But yeah, in a way, it's so reversed because they're like, no, we're being smart about this by showing you something that doesn't really matter in yeah. the giant scheme of it. But you're not being smart enough. To, you're like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like a weird yeah, juxtaposition yeah. of the audience says, "Oh, I hate things being dumbed down for me. I'm too smart for that." And movies keep doing that. And then the finally, a movie is like, "Hey, we're not going to dumb it down. This is just use your brain for a minute to think. Maybe there's more to it than this." Yeah. But yeah, people aren't taking that cue. They're automatically going to the dumbed down. Oh, this is going to be stupid. It's just such a weird thing. And how do you walk that line? Yeah. I don't know. They need a title it's card hard. before the trailer that says this. This preview will only be showing the next fifteen minutes or the middle fifteen minutes of this movie. So please stay tuned and be prepared that there's going to be a lot more in this movie. You know, it's going to, it's going to have to like warn people that it's only a small. Yeah, portion. you know. <laughs> Because you can't trust people to figure that out on their own, right? I know. I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, how can they have really done this without digging themselves in a hole, but yet keeping up with their standard of not dumbing it down for people and trusting that there's more? And I'm like, yeah, maybe a title card would have been the only way to really do that. Then people would be like, oh, man, they think we're so stupid. They got to put a title card. Well, guess what? They didn't put a title card and you are stupid. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think we're giving you like you said, we're giving too many people credit because, uh, you know, I'm sh- I don't know if you've seen it. You're not a Star Wars person, but and I don't know how many people listening are. But um, in The Last Jedi, there's a sequence where there's 10 seconds of silence, like no audio and theaters around the country or, or I don't know how far or wide it was spread, but at least one theater we've seen. Um have put up notices saying this movie has 10 seconds of silence so be prepared be warned it's in the middle of the movie blah 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 all that stuff it's so ridiculous that like the audience has to be so dumb to like complain or or just to not understand something like that and have to be told ahead of time that there's going to be something like that in the movie so I kind of like you think it's stupid to say like this is only 15 minutes of the movie or however long you know but people, people are dumb. I hate to say it. <laughs> I know. I'm insulting I did see that everybody, floating around. But we're That's dumb. The worst thing. Humans are dumb. Yeah, Dinosaurs are smart, but it humans is. are dumb. And, and then they complain that they're like, stuff gets dumbed down too much for us. Well, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. And it's, it's, <sighs> look, this is a series for kids. Let's just calm down. You know, like we were, a lot of us were kids when we first saw these movies so let's calm down. Let's not take it too seriously. This is all fun and games. So And really, to play the other side really quick, is it really that bad if that was a movie? Like, let's just say, of course it's not, yeah. but let's just say it was a volcano thing and that we did see the somehow in the one sequence, they saw the beginning, middle, and end of the movie of one sequence. I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> a lot of stuff has to happen in between. So yeah, I know, it's right? So it's the fill. 
two hours, so it still should be interesting, even yeah. if that was the movie. So I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me, but why don't we hear uh, what everybody else is thinking here? We got a lot of, like I said, a lot of voicemails, emails, texts, all kinds of stuff, you know, submissions on the website, I believe. So um, let's dive into this first one here. It's actually a voicemail from Becky. So let's uh, let's take a listen. Hey, Brad, uh, Aaron, Jennifer, and everybody else who's on the podcast. Who's Aaron? So I've been listening to your podcast oh, Aaron, for maybe. a year or so as a quiet but super, super passionate fan of Jurassic, and I think it's high time that I introduce myself. Um, do you all remember back in 2015, shortly after the movie came out, uh, I think you mentioned it in your July 5th episode, uh, there was a girl who was hysterical, um, her husband recorded a video of her crying, she cried 15 minutes after the movie. Um, well, that's me. My name is <laughs> Becky Collins, and uh, let me tell you what, I've been hysterical ever since. Um, I even flew to the exhibit in Philly from Utah literally just long enough to see the exhibit. Like, I got off the plane, went to the Franklin Institute, uh, hung around for probably four hours, and then hopped back on the plane. It was incredible and so, Super committed. so worth it. I wish I could have gone to one in Chicago. Um, anyway, with all of the excitement um, surrounding Fallen Kingdom and all of the cool things you guys have been talking about, I just can't help but want to be involved or even at least take the Jurassic Park quiz with the uh, – or the Jurassic Pop quiz with the Unicast guys. But I just want to let you all know that I so enjoy hearing from you and tuning in for every episode to hear all the news, opinions, every episode of Extinction Level, uh, all of your theories and just all things Jurassic Park. And I'm counting down the days with all of you, and I hope to hear back from you soon. Hey, see you or hear you next week. Bye. <laughs> Aw, she's famous. Man, yeah. she should be doing her own podcasting. I know, right? Look, look here, I have the uh, I have the audio here. Let's take a listen real quick. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so you're glad you saw the first one first. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you glad you saw the first one first? <laughs> I'll pause it there. Uh, that's awesome. I, I remember watching that, that video, um, you know, back when the movie came out. I think we played it on the podcast like that, and it, it was it was awesome. I found it so, like, endearing and, and just really, really great. But, yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a, great, a great voicemail. And, yeah, we got to get her on the, the Jurassic Park quiz, too. That would be fantastic. I'm sure James and Steve would love that. Oh man, yeah. I'm glad she called in because she's she's good. She's she. I mean, she did that video, and uh, and we're excited. She's excited. It's a place, great place to be. Yeah. I know. I, I'm like, we gotta, you know, you gotta get your own segment, like you said. You know, start your own thing, do something. We gotta get her here on the podcast. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm glad she reached out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and she said she stopped at the Philly uh, exhibit there. I don't know when, but you know we were all there. So, oh man, it's 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 things that you only get to be there for four hours. But I mean, that's plenty of time for the uh, the exhibit. We I think we spent like two hours in there, and that was a lot. But um, yeah, that's it's a great thing. And uh, yeah, so that that was awesome voicemail. Um, let's see what else do we have here. Thank you, Becky. Let's move on to an email from Owen. This one's a little long, so I kind of. 
uh, clipped a little bit here, and uh, I'm going to read as many portions as I can. So uh, you know how I read. Um, like we said in the last episode, I think Uh-oh. a fourth grade level, or I think it was diminishing as my reading was going it on. It was so. falling. You started at like fifth and then ended up yeah. in third. So let's see where we start here. So it says, hey, Brad, big fan of the podcast. I'm subscribed. Okay, uh, cool. Here goes nothing. Oh, no, sorry. I skipped. <laughs> here we go. This is it. I suck already. And I cursed, I think. So. You <laughs> <laughs> just started. <laughs> Oh, oh man. cool, you cool, just cool. Like <laughs> I read one sentence, skipped around, and lost my place. Awesome. So, <laughs> what it says it. is the three things I want to touch on are the volcano, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, and where the f- three films head. Here goes nothing again. Um, I think this is a bold move for them to destroy the island. Nublar at this point is like a character in its own right. By destroying it with a volcano, Bayona and uh, Trevorrow are, in a sense, killing off a character and saying there will be no island in the next film. When I see Run in the teaser with the volcanic rock flying everywhere, with the T-Rex taking down a Carnotaurus, and with the mountain exploding in the background and the sheer violence and destruction, I'm reminded of the meteorite extinction theory on how the dinosaurs were wiped out. Um, Bayona and Trevorrow have both said that they've been rereading source material. Um, My theory is Jeff Goldblum's character will follow the theme of the Lost World novel, being that the team wants to go visit Sorna and study extinction. There is a lot in the book about humans destroying the planet and basically setting about causing our own extinction. So I think Jeff Goldblum could be in a courtroom scene talking about human extinction, not caused by dinosaur attacks, but by our own hand and the manipulation of genetics shown in the cloning and then the hybrids. I think he will push for saving and study of the dinosaurs to help prevent the downfall of the human race. Finally, I think the third film in this series will follow this kind of plotline, the downfall of man or the potential end of days kind of storyline. My reasoning for this being the subtext of the last film and what Trevorrow has said about this film. Uh, Trevorrow has said this film will focus on our relationships with animals. I take this as how we are, um, how we as a species interact with the world around us, especially we have so many animals on the brink of extinction right now in the real world. This would play nicely with what I mentioned above about studying extinction as an event to prevent our downfall. I would love to know what you think. Keep up the awesome work, Owen. So what do you think about that's that? Cool. There's that a lot na- there. That's cool that his name is Owen, but um, <laughs> he's got a lot of smart things in there. I know, right? Yeah. It's kind of like went over <laughs> our heads. After that start of that email, it just went over our heads. I don't even know what he said anymore. I mean, or I what mean I you say. were having issues with the second sentence, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. His name's actually Owen. And then we're like, wait, what did he say? Probably something <laughs> really smart. <laughs> I read it all way too fast. Nobody understood what I said. Um, but yeah, he, he makes up some uh, good points there about you know, what, um, you know, uh, Ian Malcolm could be up to in this courtroom. And it is an interesting point. I mean, I don't, I kind of think the opposite of what he's saying here. I don't think he's going to be pushing uh, to save the dinosaurs or talk about the human, maybe he is talking about human extinction. That that could be a really good point. Um, But I don't think he's going to push, I mean, initially I thought that, but I don't really think he's actually going to be talking about saving dinosaurs. Um... But that'll be interesting to see if there is some reason to save dinosaurs to, um, you know, save the human race for some reason. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, well, the way that they keep promoting this, you know, in the promotion to the trailer, they keep saying it's a, a thing that can extinct 
the world like it's harming the world not just the dinosaurs so yeah i wonder if the volcano um like threatens the dinosaurs but then something else is happening underneath we don't know about that could threaten the world like the human population so maybe to save the human population you kind of have to save the dinosaur population i have no idea how that can work or where i'm going but maybe that's how i could see yeah, I mean, maybe like that, I don't see him doing that. For instance, like say, say the dinosaurs have like a virus or something, and you have to like reverse engineer like the virus and the dinosaur to you know save the human race or something like that. I don't know, but that would be that would be an interesting way to go about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's too convoluted like, almost. I do. I do feel there's like a crazy twist under all of this someplace that we don't have any idea of what it is. So maybe it could somehow change his view and his mission mm-hmm. to saving them. I don't know. I, mean, I I really do think there's something we have no idea what's going to happen yet under there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, the, the plot synopsis mentions a conspiracy, so we, we don't really know what that conspiracy is per se, but I mean, you could say maybe, you know, uh, this hybrid creations that they're dealing with in maybe this movie get out of control. Maybe like they've talked about before about, Maybe there's other companies involved. I don't really know. That that plot line seems to have like been lost a little bit here. Early on, like before the creation of this movie, they talked about how it would be like different companies like Apple and PC, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, what's mm-hmm. it? Like, just PC, I guess. Um, like fighting each other in a competition. But we haven't really seen a lot of that in this, you know, uh, marketing scheme here. But maybe it does come into I mean, play they, somehow, you know? Maybe it they maybe, could like, be trying to dinosaurs. direct our eyes someplace else. I think I think they are. I mean, uh, that's obviously what they're trying to do because they haven't shown, you know, a ton of the stuff so far. So, but whatever that you know, the human extinction or the the issue for humans is, the world you know at risk. Maybe it's just dinosaurs getting loose and, you know, something like that. Maybe it's some sort of virus and you have to reverse engineer it. Maybe, maybe it's something with a volcano setting off like a chain reaction of volcanoes. <laughs> I, I feel like that's too far stretched, but who knows? I mean, we're talking about a dinosaur movie. Oh. I don't really ever think anything's too question. far stretched. When, um, when volcanoes erupt, don't they like block out the sun or something? Yeah, I mean, like, isn't like, that bad? Well, yeah, the the soot and all that stuff, like whatever you call it, up in the air, like the cloud from the volcano, usually like travels pretty far. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's like a extinction level volcano where like it blocks out the entire atmosphere for like a year or something like that, but. Uh, who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe maybe some reason a dormant volcano goes and destroys the entire world. I don't really think that's the case, but who knows? Well, do you think they're setting off the volcano on purpose, or somebody is, or they pre-planted something there? Yeah, I mean, like a I, self-destruct button. I think so. I think there has to be some sort of reason for that volcano going off, aside from natural causes, because. I mean, we, we, I feel like I've talked about it several times, even with you maybe. But like, why, why would they build on a, an, a, you know, a theme park, two theme parks, on an island with a volcano that has potential to yeah, do yeah. something so destructive? I mean, they had to have studied that before they built, right? Well, maybe not Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I think they would have put some time and effort in to making sure things were right. You know, John Hammond. You can excuse his his idiocy because he would have just built there and not cared. He would have been like, oh, oh there's a volcano in here? I didn't even know. Like, he wouldn't <laughs> even like, know. like, oh, like, bonus. <laughs> yeah. 
We can we can have a tour going down into the volcano and, and yeah no yeah he wouldn't have he wouldn't have even realized I don't think like that there was a volcano he would have been just blinded to it so um, but I think you know Mizrani's team would have like really you know looked into it but maybe the conspiracy is the geothermic power that runs the island something is going on there where they they you know drilled too deep or did something that they shouldn't have done which caused this volcano to explode uh, i think that's more plausible than anything else but i don't really know i mean eh, i i hate to speculate in a way like i kind of i kind of want to yeah, back no. off speculation really because you know i i'm a, again with the star wars i'm a huge star wars fan and i speculated for two years about what could be happening in in the last jedi and i walked out of that film like very disappointed in what I saw probably yeah. based off my own speculation, my own theories and stuff like that. So I've yet to see it a second time to hopefully resolve all that, but I don't want to have that issue when I go to Jurassic world, uh, fallen kingdom. Like, and I think there's oh, a potential because agree. we do that. We, this is all we do is theorize, but I want to kind of like back off as much as I can. I completely agree because I mean, you'll probably spoil it for yourself or roll up expectations and like fill in the blanks and expect to see something and it's not going to be there. And then you're yeah. going to be disappointed, but you created it for yourself. And it's like, uh, yeah, I know. I totally understand what you're talking about. I've done that. Yeah. So before. yeah, uh, hopefully we answered that. Owen, thank you so much for that email. And uh, hopefully we hear from you again. Um, moving on here, I got another voicemail. This one's from old friend, Justice Steele. Let's take a listen. Hey, Brad. How's it going, brother? This is uh, Justin Steele from Twitter. Um, I actually had a couple questions real quick. My first one is dealing with the first Jurassic Park. This may be a little bit silly, but I figured it was worth asking anyway. Um, in the scene with Dennis Nagri and the Dilophosaur, when he gets sprayed in the face with the goop uh, that the Dilophosaur spits at him, do you think it was actually stinging his eyes or he was just really freaking out over the fact he got squirted in the face? Because I just watched the scene and, um, like, he he screamed when it hit his face and then wiped it away. And as soon as he got in the car, he wasn't screaming in pain. So it makes me wonder, did it really sting him from getting in his eyes or was he just freaking out from the fact that he just got squirted in the face by the officer? Uh, I was wanting to see what your comment would be on that. And also... Um, for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, do you think that the Spinosaurus may actually make an appearance? I know it wasn't shown, as far as I know, I didn't see one in the, uh, excuse me, the reveal trailer that came out last week. But, um, do you think that the Spinosaurus may make an appearance along with, uh, the Carnotaurus, or Carnotaurus, excuse me, uh, of course, the original T-Rex and Blue and all of them? Uh, those are my questions I just wanted to ask you. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Hope you have a blessed, awesome day and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks, dude. Had a great Christmas. Huh. It was it was, a, it was a really great holiday. Um, hope you did, too. Um, what was the first question? I already forget. <laughs> oh, the, the the Venom. Yeah. Uh, do you have any theories on that? I was focusing on the second one. I know. Yeah. Um, it does, it's poisony, isn't it? Doesn't it hurt? Doesn't it hurt? Yeah, I kind of, I've always assumed, and maybe I forget, but I think it's, it's maybe not stated, maybe it's not that it's like, you know, harmful to the eyes or whatever, but, or it causes blindness, obviously. So I, w- I would assume that like, it kind of burns away and, and uh, you know, hurt your eyes pretty good. 
Um, I've always thought, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like it's like foamy, right? Like a little bit. So I feel like it's like like um, searing his eyes almost in a way. It's like, no, no, I guess it's not foamy. It's just black, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I always tra- thought it was like hot tar. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Like, that's how I always thought. So I just figured hot tar would be painful. So yeah. that would be too. I just assume it's burning his eyes out. It's like hurting very much, and he is just like screaming about it, almost like maybe like pepper spray or something. You get, I feel like you see people get sprayed with pepper spray, and it hurts them. Like ah, you know, you're freaking out for a second, and then you know, a second later you calm down, but it's still burning. Like it still hurts. He didn't really seem to be like yeah. still burning. He just was like he wiped it away after a minute, and he was like he's okay, and he's like ah, I gotta get out of here, and then he gets eaten. But um. I just assume it really burns. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, as far as the second question, Spinosaurus, I don't see it listed here on the Jurassic World website as a dinosaur that was featured on on the island, on Isla Nublar. But uh, again, we, we've seen dinosaurs in that trailer that are not featured on this website as well. So I don't know. I mean... Yeah, because, like, Carnotaurus is not on this website, on this list of dinosaurs. Uh, Compies are not listed on here. Uh, There's a few others that are in the movie, I believe, so. Um, But, yeah, this, uh, it's not on here, so maybe there's a chance, but I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to, like, you know, do a a random appearance because it's a different island. It won't be the same dinosaurs, so there's no sense in, like, having, like, a big reveal or anything. But it would be interesting, I think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that rumor has been floating here and there, and I don't think there's any um, any valid points to that. I, I don't think that they would do that either. Not not to say, um, just just as in like not to bring out bad memories of Jurassic 3, because not many people have good memories for Jurassic 3, and I don't know if they'd want to go back and touch any of that. And like people bring up, like, oh, it's that dinosaur from Jurassic 3. And you don't need to do that, <laughs> so I don't think they would. They don't need to. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be in there. Yeah. I, I don't think so either, but I think it would be okay. Like, I don't have any issue with it. I actually, uh, I'm going to get, you know, hit hard for this, but I like the Spinosaurus in that movie. I think it's a great villain, you know, dinosaur. Um, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it. I don't care that it beat the T Rex, whatever. It's not, it's not a T Rex that I care about. Unless it's the baby, then I'd be, you know, a little upset. But um, I really don't care. It's not a big deal. It's not a it's not a true Spinosaurus, so it, it's something different for sure. Um, but it would be yeah. interesting. But I feel like in Jurassic World they did that whole like T Rex busting through the Spinosaurus. Actually, this is really interesting. Uh, on this, <laughs> I, I said that there's no Spinosaurus on this website here. Um, on the dinosaur page on JurassicWorld.com, if you actually go to like the Isla Nublar map, like it, they still actually have like the theme park website. You just ac- actually have to like click on it. Um, the background image is that bone, like the fossil from the, the Spinosaurus. Um, I didn't even notice that upon first glance. I'm staring at all the stuff on the main screen here. But so what I was going to say is they kind of like tore that thing down by like crashing through it and saying like, ah, forget about Jurassic Park 3 in a way, you know, that's sort of like they're yeah. like, you know, trash talking it by just having the T-Rex smash through it in a way. So I don't know. I don't think we're going to see it, but who knows? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care either way. As my point always is that I don't care what dinosaurs are in it, just so it complements the plot and the people and the 
morality of it. Yeah. So I don't really know they put in just so it makes sense. Makes sense to me. Um, thank you, Justice Steele. That was awesome. Let's mm-hmm. see. I feel, I feel like it's been a while since we heard from him, but, uh, you know, it's always good. Um, let's see. The next one mm-hmm. here is from James Hawkins. Let's, uh, it's an email. Let me read this one. So, guys, happy holidays. Uh-oh. And <laughs> I, I like that it's prefaced with an uh-oh. Um, that's pretty typical for James. So, uh, happy holidays and New Year probably by the time this airs. Anyway, it's James from Jurassic Unicast. Don't worry, Jen. I won't ask a Lost World-related uh, question so you can relax. But I do have another one for you. Based on the new Fallen Kingdom trailer that we've seen and all the extra stuff Claire is now doing on social media spectrum, uh, Bryce, rose-tinted glasses aside, what do you think of her changed character from what we can see? And how do you think her character arc will go? All the best, James. Ooh. Okay, let me take off my glasses, my, my Bryce glasses. Yeah. All right. Strictly from a character standpoint, because I love Claire so much. I love Bryce a lot, but I love Claire so much. And initially, I had to be talked into this, to be honest. I I had a moment of it made no sense why she would do a total 180 like that. And I still have a little small issue with that, but I haven't seen the in-between, and I'm hoping there is in-between. I'm hoping there is explanation. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions. I get it's a marketing thing, and they're picking that part of the film to market on, which is fine. But um, I do need an explanation for this. I don't I don't want to go into the movie and just full on change over to full on dinosaur loving Claire. It makes no sense. I need a transition. I need an explanation. I did have to be talked through this a little bit to kind of be okay with it because I did have an initial problem because that's not that's not Claire that's not where we left her and I don't want it to just time hop and be like oh okay I'm just gonna accept this because I'm not accepting it I need to have a little explanation for it but if there is an explanation for it and it's a good one I'm okay with it after that it's just I just need a little transition to happen and I trust them that they're gonna do that I hope but yeah, yeah I don't know yeah, I mean, that would be really Outward. interesting if she just went from, you know, pristine white, you know, clothed Claire to, like, Lara Croft, you know, Tomb Raider, all of a sudden, like, you know, rough and tumble in the jungle and all that. I, I don't think that would be a smart move. Hopefully there's some in-between and some buildup. Um, I don't know. But, you know, we're getting a, a Claire novel, which is awesome. Like, how excited yeah, are you for that? I'm so excited. So excited. I mean, it takes um, place before all yeah, this my- stuff, but... Maybe it'll have some insight into how she can change in a way or something like that. I don't know. I mean, all the backlash that happened from the first movie, I was a little afraid of this, that they would totally run the other way and be like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to do that. Here's your superhero, for real superhero. Like, no, my superhero is the other one, the one who is a normal person doing about her her normal day with her smarts and her, her life and then being a superhero anyway. Like, she doesn't have to look and act like a superhero to be one and that's why i liked her so much and now this one they're throwing superhero at me and i'm not buying it i don't know <laughs> oh it's man not, it's not my this hurts. It's... this hurts i i can't hear this anymore this is terrible you sound so like <laughs> i don't you know I, oh, uh, you see terrible. it's all coming out now but no i i gotta believe <laughs> that there's a there's an in-between because yeah. i don't want boot wearing i hope she like i hope there's at one point where she has her regular clothes that she normally would wear and businessy stuff because that's who she is 
I don't know. I kind of want to see her go back and forth. Let that would be example. nice. Uh, here, here's an example. Um, when we saw the Power Rangers movie, and I love the Power Rangers, and I saw the Power Rangers movie, and the the Pink Ranger, right? She was like, she had her long hair, and she was like a regular girl, and to be a Power Ranger, she had to cut her hair. And I'm like, why couldn't you just be a Power Ranger and be pretty at the same time? Like, why do you have to cut your hair and act all boyish to be a Power Ranger? That's, that's going against this here. And this is what I feel like they're doing with female characters to make them superheroes. They're taking away their hair. They're taking away their heels. They're taking away anything that makes them a girl and putting them into a superhero situation. And I'm like, no, Claire was awesome because she did all that with the girl stuff. Yeah. They're missing that here, and that's worrying me a little bit. Yeah, that's not cool to change it up like that. I, I hope, um, you know, I hope they don't do that. You know, neuter the character too much, and just like do that whole one eighty without telling us why. Or, I mean, we kind of know why it would happen, but the whole spectrum of how she got there, it would need a major change of sorts. You know, because she can't just flick a light switch and be like this new person all of a sudden. Yeah, why would she want to save the dinosaurs anyway? Like, I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe there's a responsibility aspect or, but I mean, I think, think so. about I... it. She, she worked. It doesn't make sense that she would just automatically, she, she should be like, yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm free from I that. I, see, Do I, don't it. That. Blow I, up. I don't think that at all. I think, I think the trajectory of what she did in, in the first movie makes so much sense to me as to why she would want to save dinosaurs. Because um, if anybody signed up for the email for the dinosaur protection group, you know, she taught she she's the one who wrote the email. So she, you know, said stuff about, you know, this is our responsibility because we created them and stuff like that. So I feel like there's a lot of weight on her shoulder after looking that Apatosaurus in the eye as it died like that changed her. I feel like it just stems from that. And we've talked about that plenty. It stems from that moment of her, you know, totally changing, almost doing a 180 right there. But she's still herself. You know, she hasn't changed too much, but perspective wise i feel like she like dramatically changed in that moment and i could see from that moment on she would change into somebody who would be like wow these are animals we can't especially if there's a volcano going off we can't let them die like we can't do that you know maybe she was a, a dog person or a cat person but not a dinosaur person until that moment you know like so now she's relating them to dogs and cats and you know elephants and giraffes and all that so maybe she has something to base it off of i don't know and I'm okay with that as long yeah. as they show me that and they explain that and they're just not, it just doesn't open with, yay, it's, we're just going to save them all because that's what I do now. Like <laughs> I need, I need something. I need something. I, I had sure, to be, sure we'll I mean, I was excited and in, into it, but I had to be a little talked into this a little bit. I have to say, <laughs> but I, I don't know. That, I'm a little I, scared. I hope, <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get the right explanation, but, um, Thank you, James. Uh, let's move on here to a, I actually have an MP3 from AJ. Uh, let's take a listen. Hey, guys. I was going to call in, but I figured it would be a little bit long for a voicemail. So I just am sending in a voice memo instead. My name's AJ, and I just wanted to let everybody know about the new segment that I'm going to be starting pretty soon with my two little girls, and we're calling it Jurassic Kids. Now, Brad, I know I've been emailing you over the past couple months saying I'm going to do it, but over the holiday, I actually had some time to sit down with them and get the first episode done. So, listening to this podcast for so long, I've heard countless stories from everybody in the community that 
has been talked to on the podcast about when they got introduced to the franchise's kids. So I thought, why not get it straight from the kids themselves? I have two daughters, Annabelle, who's six, and Gabby, who's four. And we watch the Jurassic movies together all the time, and we all love them. So I thought it would be fun and interesting to get their perspective. So I'll be sending in our segment as soon as I'm done with this, and hopefully it'll be able to get on to one of the next couple episodes of the podcast. Now, I also wanted to leave Brad and Jen something to talk about, so I have a couple questions. First of all, why do you guys think the gymnastic scene from The Lost World is so hated? (laughs) I mean, if I felt confident in my ability to pull off that move and save my dad, I would absolutely do it. And if it's uh, because of Malcolm's line that he says after it, the, oh, the school cut you from the team? Well, that's just one of the cheesy quips that Ian makes all the time, so I don't get why anybody would hate that. And then my second question is, do you guys think that there's any scenes or parts of the movie that you think don't hold up or are kind of cheesy? For me, the only one I can think of is when Ellie finds Ray Arnold's arm. Watching it on the Blu-ray, it just looks so fake, and the blood part of it is just not the right color, and it kind of looks pretty bad. But that's pretty much the only one I can think of. I don't know if you guys might be able to or not. But I just wanted to let you guys know about the new segment and know what you wanted, what you thought about those last two questions. So I'll be listening. Awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be joining up pretty soon. That's that's so cool. I can't wait to have a segment like that. Um, recently, James and Steve have kind of uh, had a few like younger generations, you know, on their segment, the Jurassic Pop Quiz, asking them questions and stuff like that. And it's kind of like opened my eyes and a lot of other people I've heard from that like there's a completely different perspective that we haven't, you know, touched on recently. And it would be awesome to hear from that and uh, and the kids and, like, what their perspective is. So I'm really excited for that one. But, um, yeah, what was the first question of oh, the gymnastics scene? So I know you don't know a ton, but you probably know the scene, right? I heard of it. You've heard of it. I think we've it. talked about it a couple of times. All right. So let me set it up. I think I've seen it. Let me set it up for anybody that doesn't know, you know. Um, you know, in early in, in The Lost World um, – Kelly is explaining to her dad about the gymnastics team and trying out and all that. And, and he's like talking to her and doesn't realize that she's been scrubbed from the team. And she's like, thanks for knowing. And, uh, so it's like this whole thing creates family drama between them. And later on in the movie, like at the, towards the very end, almost she kind of climbs up this, you know, rickety old thing inside a building. And, she she takes a little long to kind of, you know, do the hand thing and, like, get prepared and jump onto the poles and swing around a few times and do some moves and then kick a velociraptor through uh, a window and out onto the ground. Um, and then he says, they cut you from the team? Like, hilariously. So why does that get so much hate? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's hilarious. I love it. Like, I... I accept the comedy of that moment. I think it's funny and I think it pays off. Like they set it up in the beginning of the movie and it pays off later on. Yeah, maybe she took like too much time like doing a routine, 
But I, I almost feel like that's a routine. You know, she practiced to get on this team and did a routine, and and uh, that that's what she did. And she's like, all right, I know there's a few moves. I got to set it up so I can get a good kick, and that's what she did. But it's fun. Like, let's relax about that that moment in the movie, everybody. You know, AJ's got it right. It's fun. It's it's cool. Just be be cool about it, I guess. I don't know. I think that's what you could say about most of Jurassic. Anyway, people tend to take it too seriously sometimes. And even yeah. in that scene like that, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's fun, whatever. It's fine. And uh, what was the other question about something being too corny for you or, or too, you know, uh, oh, I guess corny. Um, do you have any moments like that that stand out to you? I, can, I have one real um, quick if you need to think. I don't know. I mean, there are, there are plenty of moments, but none that really bother me because it's kind of, it's charm. So it doesn't bother me too much. Yeah. There's um, one, there's one moment for me. Corny. It kind of popped up as I was just listening now. Um, uh, it's, it's a moment in Jurassic world where they're tracking down the kids and they come to the waterfall after the kids have jumped off already. And, and I think they find like a, shirt or something or around that area. I don't know. Um, and Chris Pratt says it's, uh, it's like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago. Uh And he like grabs his gun and the camera like pans around him. And he's just like staring off into the distance in this like really, really corny, cheesy way. And I'm like, Oh, it's like one of those like eye roll moments. It's just like, I don't know why they did that because that that if there's like one thing that bothers me in that movie, that's it. It's so cheesy, but like it's okay. It's, I do. Have I one. really don't care that much. But if I had to pick one out, it's like that would be it. Um, it's when Ms. Ronnie's getting in the helicopter to fly, and he's like, "You don't need anybody else or something." <laughs> when she says, "You need," yeah, don't fly. That just bothered. I, I mean, it doesn't bother me that much, but I guess if I had to pick one, I do cringe a little yeah. bit there. Oh yeah, that's that exactly that's what I mean. Funny. Like you cringe a little bit, but overall scheme, it doesn't really matter. Like it's not a big deal. It's not going to ruin the movie. I feel like the gymnastics scene scene like ruins the movie for people. Like people are like uh, people on Twitter just complain about, oh, Lost World sucks. That gymnastics scene, dude. How can you defend that? It's like easily it, it paid off. It's great. It's funny. Ian Malcolm has an amazing quip after that. Like it's so good. I love that scene like so much. It, it has never bothered me. And it's one of those things that like after reading online, it was the only time that I ever realized that people had an issue with that scene. So like my entire life, like living like with that movie, I had never realized people had such an issue with that movie or with that scene in general. So uh, I don't know. Just relax, everybody. Take it easy. Just like enjoy, have fun with it. It's a movie, <laughs> like I said earlier. It's a kids' romp. You know, just have fun with it. And we're all big kids, basically. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, that's exactly and- what it is. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Thanks, AJ. This one is from a longtime listener, and it says, "Longtime listener, big fan of the show." Jen, what is your favorite dinosaur in the Jurassic series? And which dinosaur are you looking forward to the most in Fallen Kingdom? Also, down the road in the Jurassic series, would either of you like the possibility to see rival companies cloning uh, what would be considered current scientifically accurate dinosaurs? 
Might be cool to see Jurassic or classic Jurassic InGen T-Rex have a face-off in a fight against a scientifically accurate feathered T-Rex. Thanks for taking my question. Have a great day. So that that was from oh, Josh. That was from, from Josh. Me. <laughs> um, what, what's my favorite dinosaur? Uh, it changes a lot throughout my life, but for the most part, it probably is the T-Rex. That's pretty consistent. I mean, that roar is amazing, and it's just like the king of dinosaurs or the queen of dinosaurs. It really is. Um, when I was little, I used to like the the one with the fin, like the the, the, the Metrodon or. I don't know what uh, it is. Well, yeah, Dimetrodon it's not, is it's awesome. It's not a Spinosaurus. It's not a Spinosaurus, but it has the, the, the fin of it. Well, um, Dimetrodon like walks on all fours. It's not a dinosaur, but it, it um it's a really cool-looking reptile. Yeah, I think that, yeah, it was on all fours. It kind of, yeah, it had that fin. It had its face. I think that used to be my favorite one when I was little, and then it kind of went into, I used to like Stegosaurus a little bit, too. But T-Rex has always been there, and that's probably there, but... Um, as far as what I'm excited to see, my points always, if, as long as it makes sense in the story, as long as it makes sense with the people, and it's a, it's a human tale. I always say that Jurassic's a human story, not a dinosaur story. The dinosaurs are just there facilitating the human story. So, uh, I don't really know. I'm not, I guess, I like, I like the T-Rex. I do. I oh, the Carnotaurus. I'm excited for that because of Disney World and their ride <laughs> features the Carnotaurus. So yeah. that, that's a biggie. That gives me Disney feels, but I'm pretty easygoing with whatever dinosaur they want to put in. I'm not really specifically looking forward to one, just so it makes sense in the story. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's my answer. And uh, what about the cloning of uh, or rival companies cloning? Um, you know, more accurate dinosaurs. Um, would you like that? I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It would shut a lot of people up that are whining <laughs> about the non-accurate dinosaurs. Yeah. So that's nice. But I, I don't care. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Just give me a good story. I mean, sure. They could write a good story around that. I mean, yeah. I would definitely yeah. like that. I, I think we've been talking about that on and off, you know, throughout the history of the podcast here, like a rival company doing that. That would make so much sense. Like, it doesn't make sense for InGen, you know, that, that company to be doing it because they've already created their canonical dinosaurs. That's what they look like. That's what they should stay like. But another company creating dinosaurs you know, that look more accurate would be perfect. That's exactly what I want to see. Like in this movie or the next movie, like that would be so great to actually see that come to life and just kind of have the ability to compare, you know, to see which one we like more. Um, people are kind of afraid of feathered dinosaurs, like that they would look too goofy or whatever. Like I saw people making fun of um, a more accurate T-Rex today uh, on Twitter as we're recording this. You know, some guy was like, "Oh, look at me, the mighty T-Rex!" Like, and it was just like, "Would you be afraid? Would you be afraid of this?" And it was like uh, a quote from Jurassic Park, like Grant and and Lex or something like, I don't know. But um, it looked it looked kind of goofy for sure. But it was just one imp- interpretation of it. And if there was more scientifically accurate, it would be awesome. I would like that a lot. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, so I I was also on there was like a discussion kind of going on maybe more so argument with some people on twitter about how accurate the dinosaurs are in jurassic park and this person i think was like a teacher of maybe you know dinosaur or something or other so i can understand why this person would be like angry about the way the dinosaurs are represented 
but I think you have to take it all in stride and look at them as a, you know, you know, a wide source and say, look, this is not a real dinosaur. It's genetically altered creation. You can say monster, you can say whatever you want. Like it's not exactly a dinosaur and it was created with all kinds of different DNA, not just tree frog or whatever, you know, African frog or whatever, um, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, they, they created what they wanted to create. They didn't create the most accurate thing they could. In the book, they talk about how they slowed them down and, and or wanted to slow them down and all that. And, you know, they're genetically altered to camouflage or to change color or do all this different stuff. Like, they're not real dinosaurs. Let's just get that straight. Like, they may have seemed like that in the first movie or the second movie, but that's not the case. Let's backtrack it and kind of, like, say that they were never dinosaurs to begin with. So people get upset about that, but it's, you know, I understand that on one hand, but also they're not meant to be a case study for real dinosaurs. So, you know, don't bring that movie to a classroom and say, look, guys, this is what a dinosaur is. You know, no, that's not what a dinosaur is. It's what InGen created. So that's my theory. Yeah, and that's like comparing it to a documentary versus entertainment. And Jurassic Park was made for entertainment. Jurassic World, not the movie, even just the park itself, and the Jurassic yeah. World Park itself was made for entertainment. And it's they're not making a documentary of it. They're not making a science museum for it and to show you educational value. It's for entertainment, and so they wanted to change them to make it as entertainment entertaining as possible. So I get that. So I could see like a group of really into dinosaurs research smart people kind of coming together getting the technology and really making true to form dinosaurs i mean that would be okay that'd be cool to see that and have all that clash together yeah i think it would be awesome just to see how they fight against each other i don't want to see like the you know the old school t-rex fight a new better dinosaur like we just saw because we already saw that. We've seen that enough. I really don't care for the battles too much. Um, I don't need mm -hmm. more battles, but um, it would be interesting. And I, I think it would, you know, be poor. Uh, it would go poorly for the uh, original Rex in that case. I don't know. Oh, but, yeah. Probably. Yeah, that was a great question, Josh. Thank you. And uh, next up here, we have a text message. And I'll just read it here. It says, hey, it's JP Fan here. And I was wondering, what do you want to see in the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Mattel line? Thank you guys for everything you do and have a great day. So what do you want to see? Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> I don't know what has been leaked, what hasn't been leaked, what's considered a leak just, or what's considered cares? official. Just keep that aside. What so, do you want to see? What I don't. OK, I want to see. um Oh man, I don't know. Like, what what has been leaked? What has been? I don't know. You want to go first? You go first. All right. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like, don't consider what's out there or what has been seen or what hasn't. Like, if if I'm gonna talk about what I want to see initially, I want I wanted characters that are relatable to the old ones. You know, the old toys. Um, the size. I want like the articulation to be similar. I want the size to be similar. The dinosaurs, I all want like the same size and spectrum. I've talked about this before because when I faced off my dinosaurs as a kid, I always thought it was weird if I had a different size dinosaur facing off against like one that was like huge or one that was small. So I want them to be like, you know, uniform to what we've seen in the past. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, when that when those toys came out, they were 
such different scale, even the Jurassic World stuff too, kind of threw everything off. Um, I've, I've wanted like the real feel skin that we got on the original lines that like soft, you know, rubbery, uh, feels more like a dinosaur skin you would assume would feel like, um, but yeah, I mean, I want vehicles. I want humans this time around, not some dinky Owen figure with his head popped off like mine did. Um, and the motorcycle is tiny and, and just like everything feels so fragile, whether it's that motorcycle, Owen's entire body or like the the big T-Rexes or everything. They all feel a little fragile. I want something a little bit more, you know, heavy, heavy duty, I guess. So that's really all yeah. I would want to see from Mattel. Um, I like, I like the real, real feel skin thing. I do remember that. And that was a kid and that was, that was good. That would be nice. That, that plastic is just not appealing for a dinosaur at all. Um, I obviously I want a Claire figure. I want to own a Claire figure. I want to own all of the Claire figures. I'm just going to buy them all and hand them out to people randomly because that's a service for good people. Um, I don't know. I, I, I definitely want a Claire figure and I'm not big into toys anyway. I, I don't really have that many I'm sure when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and uh, then maybe like unique ones, like really unique dinosaurs. I'll buy the ones that we haven't seen before, like the T Rex we've seen a million times, and Brachiosaurus and Stegosaurus, Triceratops, like the big five, like or whatever. We've seen those a billion times. Some unique ones would be neat. I'd, I'd buy maybe a couple of unique ones, and then yeah, some cars, depending. Yeah, I'm pretty easy. I'm easy to pe- easy to please. Just give me a Claire <laughs> figure. That's all I need in life. Yeah, I feel like that's what we definitely need is Claire. Um, and like, because all we got last time was Owen and it was like a really terrible figure. So hopefully we get Claire and other people that we know from the series and even new fi- new uh, characters and stuff like that that we don't really know too much about. Um, I think there's so much potential. And I'd really actually, I really want like a classic line, you know, because Hasbro um they're doing the star wars line and they create like a bunch of different scales which does kind of annoy me in a way but um they do have like uh like a black series line or the old series where you could like you know get characters from the past stuff like that i think that would be perfect because all these you know uh, chronicles and you know iron studios and whatnot they're all great and awesome to have those like high-end figures but we need like cheap figures or middle of the road figures that we can buy. Like I think a lot of the black series ones are like 20 bucks for star Wars. So if they had like 20 bucks, you know, Ian Malcolm or Dr. Grant or uh, Ellie Sattler, that would be amazing. Like I would love to have those. Yeah. So what about those, those Funko things? Where's my Ellie Funko? Like that's dumb. Yeah, I know. I'm really, I'm really disappointed by that. You know, I I read the news that one week and I was like, this is great. We're, you know, we're getting all this cool stuff, but no Ellie, no, you know, like, I mean, we don't officially know that. I mean, there is that Jeep, like a Jeep chase. Maybe she could be in there, but I don't think so. No, it's still not fair though, considering they have everybody else. I don't know. I mean, she could be in there. I don't, you don't usually see like, two figures in a vehicle from Funko. I feel like it's usually just like one ve- uh, one human character and the vehicle um, because you would need to have like her and Muldoon 
I guess, or even three, I guess, if that's the case, maybe mm. Malcolm and the, that would just be too many figures. I don't think that would ever happen. <laughs> um, so maybe just have her drive. Maybe that's potential, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen exactly the way we want it to, but like in the, in the, the environment that we live in now, like why would they do that? Why would they skimp out and not include Ellie in any shape or form? She's one of the greatest like characters in cinema, you know, like the greatest female characters for sure. Like, include her like that doesn't make any sense to me i know i mean she did just as much as everybody else so come on it's a shame but so yeah. I'll, I'll take i'll hold on to my claire figure that i want and they better give me and then that's it i'll hide and that's, <laughs> that's it because they're not giving me anything else <laughs> yeah so i'll take that all right so let's move on to our last voicemail here this is from amy so let's uh let's say hey to amy hold on here, amy. here it comes Hi guys, it's Amy. I uh, hope you all are doing well and had a great holiday season with your friends and family. Um, this month is a kind of a fun question, um, and I got inspiration from it a couple of weeks ago when I got the privilege to go down to Universal Studios in Orlando to celebrate my 25th birthday. Um, and naturally, I spent a lot of time in the Jurassic Park area with my dad because uh, he's also a big fan, so that was pretty cool. We rode the ride. Which brings me to my question. Um, what was, uh, concerning the ride, the Jurassic Park ride, what is your, what was your first experience like? Or if you can't remember your first experience riding it, uh, what was your favorite memory of it? And if you guys have never been down to Universal and have never ridden it, what do you expect from it when you do go down to it? Um, I don't necessarily remember my first time, but I do, um, especially this previous time, I still love it. I think I wrote it like 10 times and I still um, enjoy, you know, the whole ride, including like the scenic and hearing the music and going through the gate. I mean, it just, for me, it's a nostalgic thing. Um, and that's why I, uh, that's why I've heard rumors that, I mean, they're probably fate false, but, you know, they might age out this ride, and I'm kind of sad to see that or hear of that. Um, like I said, it's just rumors. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but, you know, it might. Um, and I, I definitely would be sad to see that go, that original ride, because it's just so great. So, yeah, that is my question for this um, month, and I hope you guys have a happy new year and a great start to the to 2018. Bye. Thank Amy, you, Amy. what a yes. great question. I know. I know. There's so much good stuff in there. And uh, you, in particular, are, are perfect to answer this, right? Um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, okay, so my first experience with the Jurassic Park ride actually comes from memories back in when Nickelodeon was over there at Universal. And that always advertised Universal Studios on Nickelodeon. I was a Nickelodeon girl. That's all I watched. Yeah. And so... They'd advertise that a lot, and they'd always have the Jurassic Park and the advertisements, and that kind of formed the ride for me in my mind. Like those advertisements, that was part of Universal. That's what it was to me, and so it had a lot of hype in that aspect. Um, I was 11 when I first went down there, so I don't know if I have a lot of memories first riding it or any because I've read it. I've ridden it so many times since. I've been going down for so many years since, and they all kind of blend together, but. My first initial memory is just watching 
pieces and the advertisements on Nickelodeon and then going down and I guess like riding it. I don't remember my first time because it just blends together so much. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember your first time? I don't. Um, I initially went down, like you said, uh, I was a Nickelodeon kid as well. I went down to Universal Studios like in 1990, maybe 90 or 91, two, somewhere in that range. Um, So it it didn't even exist back then. Um, The next time I actually went to Universal was 2006. And so that was, man, 11, 12 years ago now. Um, That was a long time ago. And I don't remember. I mean, I remember going there and being in awe of like what it was like, what the, the, you know, section of the park was like, but it was a very different place at that point. Um, but, um, I, uh, I liked it at the time and I, I, I kind of find faults in it more recently, how bad it is now. Um, I really don't love it to be, to be honest. I mean, I, I guess I've only ridden it maybe only a handful, like two or three times. Like I, I haven't gone on it a ton of times, to be honest. I've only been to universal twice now i guess so um that's yeah i'm ashamed to say that but <laughs> but oh, I, I didn't know okay wow you know every time I, I go to florida that. it's just for disney you know and, and universal is oh. like a, a like a side thought in a way like i love universal like i love everything that they do over there and, and all, a lot of the rides that they have not all of them um but i love that place and and it's just a shame i i always focus on disney you know, when I'm going down there, if I'm paying all this money and stuff and I'm staying in their resorts, but now in the, the age of like Uber and everything, I feel like it's so easy to just go over to the other park. That's what we did last yeah. time. That was back in 2015. I've been there two, two times. Yeah. I've been there two times to Florida since 2015 and didn't go to universal. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, I don't know. It's just, it's always a side thought. And I'm like, I'll get there some other time. I'm thinking maybe if I get a chance, maybe I'll go there next year uh, or this year, I guess, 2018. (laughs) Um, But it's usually just like one day and it's really quick. I'm like running at a time because I'm trying to do two parks in one day. And um, I usually only get on it like real quick, but it's in such a decline now. I really don't even care that much about the ride itself. It's fine, but it's just not the experience I want. I want something more, you know? I'm kind of disappointed um, well, by the animatronics. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I just wrote it a couple weeks ago because I was just there a couple weeks ago, and it didn't look too bad. I mean, it's never going to be amazing because Disney's Dinosaurs always pops for me. That amazing ride. Because they, yeah. they're in contain, you know? It's dark, and they could do things. Yeah. You're out in the open, in the sunlight like that. It's not going to be great. With what they try to do, I mean, I don't know if they could do even any better nowadays because animatronics in water is very hard, I would imagine. So yeah. they do a good job with it. I wish it wasn't a water ride, to be honest, folks. I don't like getting wet throughout yeah, the day. I know. And I don't like – you can't ride it multiple times. You get soaked, and I hate that. So I kind of wish it wasn't a water ride. That That's kinda, my thing. Yeah, that kind of makes me upset too because, uh, you know, I, I went in December, and it wasn't – hot hot you know it was warm enough i went on it was fine but like i really didn't want to get wet and that's just the thing like if i'm going down in like a december like i am you know next or again this year 2018 Mm -hmm. um 
I don't really care to get wet that much because it takes a little bit longer to dry and all that. And you do get soaked. I mean, I'll wear a poncho, I guess, but like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to do that. And you get soaked anyway. Like, it doesn't matter if you're wearing a poncho for some reason. And the seats are wet, the floor's wet, everything's wet. Like, it doesn't matter. And I kind of just wish, you know, you didn't have to experience that. But that's kind of the way Universal is. I think you get wet on every ride. Like, (laughs) whether it's indoors or a water ride or not. Like, you just get sprayed in the face. And you're like, come on, why? (laughs) Why? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) one thing I have to say, though, the, the King Kong ride that's next to it that they put there would make an amazing Jurassic World ride yeah. or even another Jurassic Park ride. Jurassic World, I would go for it, have that. It's done so well with everything. And to have that in Jurassic franchise, oh, I, I mourn it. I mean, it's a great ride. I love riding it because it is a great ride. But to think that that could be a Jurassic-themed ride just hurts because it's done so well yeah. and it would be amazing. And I it's know. in the perfect location. That just hurts me. Yeah. What do you feel about like them just tearing everything down and like just building Jurassic World or building something completely different in that area and maybe saving Jurassic for like the, well, I guess at this point, fourth theme park in. The water park's not a park. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know, um, but they consider it their third. It's dumb, but. Yeah, they they think so. Whatever. But I do hear that in the new new, um, gate they're going to build. Um, that they're they're gonna have a Jurassic World section in that yeah. park in that gate. Like there's a a rumor there, a strong rumor that they're yeah. gonna have a Jurassic World section and then get rid of their Jurassic Park section because they're gonna have a Jurassic World section. However, I don't agree with that. I mean, I'll take the Jurassic World section, but they should keep that Jurassic Park section. It's there's not much left from the original opening to begin with, and I mean, don't don't do that. Don't don't do that. Like I can't handle that. I, I love yeah. seeing the the um, Discovery Center like across the water and as yeah. little as left of the gates and don't do that. Yeah, Keep the it. Discovery I Center. I love that restaurant too. The, well, yeah, the, I, yeah, that's fine. Um, the Discovery Center is so beautiful. Like like you said, across the water, you could just stare mm-hmm. at that for so long. It looks beautiful in pictures. It's it's so amazing. But like, I feel like that section is just a hollow shell. Like, there's just nothing going on aside from the Raptor Encounter now that they added. Um, the Discovery Center is just, uh, it's just such a disappointment inside. You know, it's so outdated in there. Um, the, uh, let's see, the, yeah, the, the ride itself, like I said, is outdated. And, but you can't, you really can't do much outdoors, like you said. The animatronics, and there was rumor that Creature Technology was going to come in and redo those animatronics, but even them at their high quality doesn't matter. It's outdoors, it's water, it's rain, it's you know sunlight, it's everything, it's it's moisture. It's just going to ruin those animatronics. So it's not going to be what you experience indoors. So I think they have to unfortunately get away from an outdoor attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, think, they they kind of hurt themselves by making yeah. it an outdoor water ride. That, it's it's a beautiful them. thought, and and it, like if you take out the dinosaurs, it's a beautiful ride. Like it's a nice you know leisurely stroll through, you know a park. But the Ultrasaurus is is horrible. Like the movement of that of that thing, it looks like it breaks its neck. Um, the the other dinosaurs are fine. The the you know whatever. Once you get inside, everything looks good. Um, the T Rex is really cool, but. Then there's a drop. You're you're kind of singling out who can go on this ride, 
you know, Jurassic is should mm-hmm. be for kids as well. And and then you have the kids ride, which singles out only kids and adults can't ride it <laughs> unless you right. have a kid. So it's like it's kind of there there there's like only kids over here and then only adults over here. So it needs they need to have a section that can cater to everybody all at once. And it's just not doing that now. And at this point, there's almost no salvaging it, you know? So it's like we just got to cut our losses and just demolish the whole thing and build in our third gate or fourth gate, whatever they want to call it. Um, So that's just the way. Tear down the ride and build another ride on top of it and make it a better ride instead of getting rid of the land. I would be for that, but I I do feel like that park is confused, you know? I don't think the park knows what it's doing. (laughs) You know, Universal on the other side is is doing pretty well. They kind of got some cool stuff going on. But, like, Islands is just like, what is happening? Nobody knows what's happening. Like, yeah, it's got Harry Potter, um, and then it's got Harry Potter across the way, and then it's got, you know, uh, Lost Continent that is lost in itself. All, all the, car- <laughs> the cartoon stuff is just like, who cares? Oh, I hate that. You know, yeah, that comic Kong, stuff, that's such a waste. Kong is, like, in the middle of nowhere, and then superhero stuff that they don't – I mean, they don't technically even own that stuff. So it's like a weird thing where like they yeah. have this property, but they can't utilize it in any other way outside these theme parks. So it's like – it's very strange. Seuss Land is, is fine. I actually don't have any problems with that place. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the port of entry or whatever it's called is, is pretty great. It looks beautiful. The tower is really cool. But aside from that, there's well, not much going on there. I don't want to – I don't want to lose the Discovery Center across the water, and I don't actually. I don't want to lose his shout out to that restaurant. That 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 restaurant they have there, because if you ever go in there and actually Thunder look at, yeah, the details in the walls, in the in the floor, in the stairs, in the ceiling, in the giant light fixtures that are gorgeous, by the way. With the, the light, I want that light fixture in my house. Yeah. They're amazing. Everything in that building, I just feel like they put a lot of time and care into. And then it, it has the giant windows that shows the people coming down the ride. And I feel like it really like pays tribute to the kind of eateries that were in Jurassic Park. It, it just has a really good feel. And it's you just sit there and look around and it's done really well and it really transports you. And I don't think a lot of the restaurants really do that, at least not for me. And I don't want to lose that restaurant. I really, really like that restaurant and the way it feels and the way it looks and the way it's placed. And I just like that. And yeah, the, the look of the Discovery Center across the water. Anything else, though, I'd be okay for them to just rip apart and build a new new drastic experience there. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Just keep that restaurant. It's good. It's great. It's beautiful. I don't know what food they have there. I don't know. But I just like sitting in there. <laughs> it's really pretty. Yeah, I just think the whole section, the whole park is like its days are numbered as, you know, as it stands. It'll be something completely different soon. So Harry uh, Potter land. It'll be all be Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. We know more Harry Potter's coming in in Islands of Adventure, right? Yeah. Um, um, no, it's going the other side. It's where the Fear Factor stage is. Well, that, no, but there's going to be more um, in the Dragon Challenge area. You know, they... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's technically in Harry Potter area already, but it's something different. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna chance transform a lot. But um, yeah, that's that's a sad note to end on. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> she probably wanted it to be uplifting and like nostalgic and what was her first memory and we're Come like on, amy no, you're usually you know that. more uplifting yeah but no we have no good we have no first memories and we have not many great feelings i mean we have you you have more so than i do but uh. yeah they're not bad i mean they're not great i just the ride the water ride i could I don't really need. I, I don't love it. I love yeah. the restaurant more. But Dinosaur, on the other hand, is an amazing attraction. I love oh, that one so much. And they're they're talking about getting rid of that for Indiana Jones, which is hurting me because no. Dinosaur is fantastic. That's not going to happen. But I don't yeah. know. I'm hearing more and more valid people, but that's another story for another day. But man, no. Dinosaur is fantastic. It is. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I hope it doesn't feel like six months before the next Jurassic mailbag. I don't know. I mean, now time's going to be flying, I guess, because we're not going to really get much much in between. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, I think we'll have plenty to talk about no matter what. And uh, hopefully Amy brings like a more uplifting question next time. <laughs> she probably implied it. <laughs> she wanted it to be uplifting. We're just depressing people. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, why don't we uh, head off? We've been doing this for way too long already. People have stopped listening. But for some sure some reason, did, yeah. we weren't as off the rails as usual. So that's a good thing. See what happens when we stay on the rails? People are like, this is boring. Yeah, Bye. it's so boring. <laughs> My God. On the oh. rails? No. Well, where can everybody find you in the meantime between um, uh, our next recording? find me at... Um, Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 and at the Bryce Dallas Howard Network, which is going under a total transition and reformation and giant undertaking that's killing me slowly. But it's going to be <laughs> epic when it's over. Can't wait to reveal it. Yes. Nice. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'll see you next, uh, next month. All right. In 2018. Can you believe it's 2018? It's finally the year of Jurassic World 2. Oh, my God. This is going to be nuts. This is going to be huge. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. in the audio lab we're gonna hear from colin javaro via youtuber sebas tabani in an interview where colin talked about the themes of the new film how it fits into the jurassic series of films and whether or not fallen kingdom parallels the lost world so let's take a listen you know to me it's about greed uh, and i think you know the first film is is it's a movie about how if there's if there's money on the table, there'll be somebody who will, will do the worst imaginable things or in a lot of cases the dumbest imaginable thing in order to get that money. Uh, and this film focuses a little bit more on our responsibility for these animals that we've made as a result of that greed, uh, but also the really just the, the darkest and the worst instincts of humans, uh, again, if when there's money involved. For me, uh, it's, it's important that we, we keep it at least grounded in a space where the dinosaurs uh, are 
a parable for animals in the world today. And I think that this ultimately, when when people are able to watch this film and and, and where this franchise is going, uh, it really is about our, our the ethical treatment of animals in the world and our responsibility to the living creatures that we share the planet with, uh, alongside with our responsibility to the planet itself. And I think the. Uh, the riding of, of a T-Rex by a soldier is a level of fantasy that is, is I, I love it and I would love to see it. I don't know if it's specifically this franchise, uh, but yeah, it's super cool. Uh, do you have a, a trilogy plan? Yes. Okay, so uh, this is a mirror from the Lost World, like, like in a King Kong sort of style? Um, not really. It, it looks like it is uh, because they all go to a, a fog-covered scary island with dinosaurs on it but uh, it goes to a very very different place than anyone expects and, and really the the heart and the soul of the movie the 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 turn of the story uh, is, is not what we've shown in this trailer uh, it, it's very much not like the lost world no I, I knew you know uh, I, I knew where I wanted it to go I remember telling Stephen even while we were still making the first movie you know this is the beginning here's the middle and and here's here's the end of the end and this is this is where we want to go and I feel like that kind of design is is crucial to uh, a franchise like this if you really want to bring people along with you and, and make sure they stay interested uh, it, it, it needs to be thought through on that level it can't be arbitrary uh, especially if we want to turn this into a character based franchise uh, with people who uh, who you lean in to follow uh, what they're going to do and, and uh, you know at the end of this movie uh, it's really designed it's not a cliffhanger but it's designed for people to really want to know what's going to happen next whereas the earlier Jurassic Park movies had pretty clear definitive endings they were much more episodic uh, and so in working with Derek Connolly my co-writer uh, as we we designed this film we were also thinking about where it was going to go in the future well there you have it we have some expected bits in there from Colin about greed and the worst possible expectations of humans I think that that's kind of been an ongoing concept throughout all of these movies really and uh, he does mention the responsibility to these animals and the planet itself which is uh, you know an interesting new turn for the Jurassic series you know he mentions that this will be a trilogy of course we already knew that surprisingly he does try to distance I guess Fallen Kingdom from the Lost World seems like he's trying to turn the narrative around for us fans and uh, but I do love that he continues to talk about how unexpected this movie will be for everybody right now I think we are in great hands with Colin Derek Connolly and J.A. Bayona um, it's great to see how much care that they're taking into wrapping up this trilogy and potentially uh, the series as a whole so head to our show notes to find the full video for a little bit more from Colin Trevorrow Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Thanks for listening to the 131st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to Jennifer for joining me again for another amazing installment of the... Is that... Does that sound sincere? Did it? I mean... I Alright, yeah, it was, am it was amazing. Obviously ridiculous as ever. Well, no, actually... Hmm. It was actually pretty on the rails. I don't know how to do this this week. It was pretty... Pretty normal. 
So I guess it was, it was, you know, it was pretty good. Pretty good episode this week. Me and Jennifer really tackled some of those answers, I guess as best we could, but uh, no, jokes aside, I really love doing this segment. It's always fun to hang out with Jennifer for, you know, around an hour, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit, yeah, definitely more than an hour every month, and I can't wait to do it again next time. Again, I haven't forgotten to thank everybody who called in or wrote in this episode. This mailbag is always so much fun, like I said, to do, and it wouldn't be possible without everybody that participates every single month. You guys start from the moment this one ends and you don't let up until the moment that one airs. It's awesome and I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with for the next month. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast and our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.